Delaney. And it's Katie, and this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. With trap beats playing in the background. Hey, y'all. Hello. What's today? Oh, no, it's not Memorial Day yet. Never mind. When's Memorial Day? Two weeks, right? Yeah, two weeks. I just want to say, real quick, that for the next four episodes, if you hear laughing, kiki in the background, or if you hear air conditioning, I have no control over that. I'm not in my yard, so we we move. Just want to say that. So if you hear a little, I don't tell you. Or if you hear just joy, not joy the person. I mean, it is joy the person, but you know, you hear like joy and peace in the background. Like that's my sweet mate. We having a good time. God bless it. I pray we are also having a good time in four weeks. Amen. I say. Okay. <laughs> then well i just have one little piece of news because we're i have a 32 minute goal for this episode um so um uh national sawdust is partnering with uh, chamber queer which is an organization with the mission of highlighting historically underrepresented queer figures in western classical music um, and providing an uh, intersectionally inclusive space within Western classical music for artists and audience. Um, with the, they're partnering with them for a two-show engagement um, at National Sawdust on June 10th and also June 12th um, by drawing on centuries of music um, into conversation, juxtaposing boundary-breaking uh, Renaissance nuns with composers drawn I mean, with the voices of three fantastic emerging composers drawn from their 2020 call for scores. Um, And also um, weaving two musical worlds together through the reflective improvisations um, that converse with multifaceted experiences of queerness across centuries. Um, So on on June 10th, there is going to be a violinist, Maz Swift, baritone vocalist, Lucas book sorry if i saying your name right hey sis um along with the core chamber queer ensemble um and then on june on the june 12th concert there's going to be um a number of of um performance highlights including gay gorilla which is by julius eastman um and a new arrangement for string septet by jesse montgomery hey sis hey bro <laughs> um featuring uh the arranger on violin um it's going to be um curated in partnership with the with julius eastman uh, scholar isaac jean francois okay and um the event is going to paint an image of eastman's new york city um um his time in new york city with a new film by ashanti soldier and com owens um through works of eastman's colleagues and contemporaries including tanya leon um and talib russell uh, hakim it's also going to trace lines to queer modernism of the earlier 20th century, including Benjamin Britten's Les Illuminations, um, to the poetry of visionary Arthur Rimbaud, um, and confirmed uh, composers for June 12th include Jesse Montgomery and soprano vocalist Melissa Wimbish, um, alongside um, also the Chamber Queer Ensemble. So, if you are in New York City um, in June, you're looking for something to do for Pride Month, uh, coming up that's june 10th and 12th that that's happening and i will link um in the description there's a little bit some of the um tickets are a little cheaper for advance uh, if you buy them in advance so yeah girl 
Period. Okay, y'all are on track for 32. We gonna see. Hurry up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so time for the intermission. I have a little question. Eh? Um, name one thing that your industry... Okay, hold on. I can read. Name one thing in your industry that the general public would be shocked to find out. So obviously classical music. <laughs> it's funny because I, I changed mine at the last minute. I would say... They will probably be shocked to find out how long it takes to not just win a job in the like grand scheme of things, but like to prepare for an audition and mm-hmm. go through the audition process. So I remember there was a time and I you're going to know what I'm talking with, what situation I'm talking about. There was a person who took an audition for a made like a major audition. A, a major audition oh, okay a, a principal audition for a major ensemble and was like i worked hard for four weeks to do this audition <laughs> yeah, and i remember talking to my mom about it i'm like and someone they talk about four weeks and she was like well what, like what's the problem i'm like four weeks and then i realized that she don't know like <laughs> She doesn't realize how freaking comical that is. Four weeks. Yeah. I would have walked into it. I wouldn't even. I would be. I prepared more for like summer audition tapes for four weeks. Mm-hmm. Like I would prepare for more than four weeks for something like that. Let alone I'm doing major major orchestra audition, principal audition. Like. Especially I think, when you don't take auditions. Like I mean I might. I ain't gonna say so much but. You don't really be taking auditions like that. And it's like yeah. Yeah. I'm all for like you need audition experience and the the more I'm getting into it the more like because I used to really get on my nerves because and it's still kind of done I was talking to, to Marchin about this I think it's like an incredible place of privilege I really hate when people say like oh like you you the point of the taking audition is not always to win I'm like that's an incredibly privileged thing to say because you are you're asking someone to pay $500 for a job interview $500 plus. I mean, unless the junk is in your city, like, I feel like it's incredibly pitch. However, like, the point uh, when I realized is like, the more you take auditions, the more you, the more you know how your body acts, the more you can prepare. You just get better at taking them because it's really like a mind game, right? But, babe, I think you could also control the ones you, the ones that you take. Like, there are even some, like, you know, I'll be planning my little auditions with Jen or whatever. And there was some that we'd be like, yeah, let's, let's let's wait on that one. Like she'll be like, unless you absolutely want the experience, like she'll send me the stuff. I'm like, I feel like you can win this one. And then she'll be like, yeah, no, because it's just like you know what you're going, you know what you're gonna go in there and do. And the fact that like, yeah, I don't know, I know like I'm I'm conflicted. And then you and then you take that audition, be like, yeah, orchestra's not my thing. No, babe, it's just like you didn't. I mean, orchestra could not be your thing. Anybody not saying that? I'm just saying that like. You can't take this principal audition not even advanced. You barely advance past the front door. And then be like, oh, orchestra's not my thing. Okay. Period. I thought that wasn't that bad. I didn't say that bad. That, that's not that bad. No. I was waiting for you because you said yours. Um, one thing I feel like the general public what was mine? I forgot. Uh, oh my god, I forgot mine. 
It wasn't about audition. Oh, okay, okay. I feel like the general public will be shocked to find out. Maybe shocked is a strong word. But, like, shocked to find out, like, how ridiculous your schedule can be. And it's like, or, like, maybe not ridiculous, but, like, this atypical. So, I remember I was on the phone with Yushane. Y'all know Yushane. Maybe y'all don't know Yushane. I don't think Yushane's ever been on the show. Yushane's, like, my like my closest friend, childhood friend. And I was on the phone with them, with him at, like, 11 p.m. I'm like, yeah, I got to go because I need to edit a video. And I haven't eaten dinner yet. He's like, girl, you might as well skip that dinner thing and just drink some water. And, like, you know, like, whatever diet culture is like, yeah, I probably shouldn't eat no dinner. Because, it's like, it's too late. But it's also like, oh. girl, you. Oh, sorry. sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I meant to send you this thing. I wanted to read it before I sent it to you. But apparently there's this new study saying that that's, like. Yeah, I saw that, too. I saw it, like, a year ago because. Oh, it's um, new. It's new, new. Like, it was, like, a, a month ago. Oh, I send me it. that. Yeah, cause I was like, well, I, I went to send it to you, but then I was like, oh, let me read it first before I send it to her, and you know how that goes. <laughs> because I remember, the reason why I kind of let that go, because I remember, like, well, people don't know, like, well, like, 2017, I lost a bunch of weight, and then the pandemic happened, so now we just, I'm doing the best I can. But 2017, <laughs> I lost a bunch of weight, and one of the things I took on was I don't eat past eight. And then when I got on TikTok, a lot of people, a lot of nutritionists are like, that is, a, that is false. Like, you could eat whatever time you want. It does not matter. Because... Um, I feel like I grew up here and like don't eat late because I don't I don't think my grandma said it would gain I don't think she cared about gaining weight because you really can develop acid reflux like because um I had I used to have a friend whose mom worked in healthcare and worked a night shift and she would come home not a, a night shift but she would work like that seven that seven that three to that three to eleven mm-hmm. three to seven, whatever you know that shift I'm talking about whatever yeah. that second shift she would work that and then would come home and eat and then and then she got acid she developed acid reflux because like she would eat and then go lay down. Um, but it really had me like I I went to go with my food. I'm like, you should shut up. Went to go with my food and put my food back. And I'm like, first of all, I can't eat tight no. And but secondly, it's also like you don't know my schedule. Like you work a nine to five. Like I just came back. I had a rehearsal from seven thirty to ten. I need I need, you know I had my little YouTube thing I had to edit and now I'm finna eat. You know and like one thing about me I like to be my I, I like eating to be my last thing so I could just enjoy my meal, mm-hmm. have my little YouTube video. Like I'm not trying to. I'm really bad with that. I don't like a whole eat dinner and then keep working. Like dinner yeah. is the last thing I'm gonna do. Eat it, eat it real quick, and now I gotta go do this. Yeah. Nah. Uh-uh, I'd rather especially, do the thing first and come back and eat. <laughs> especially, especially if it's like a good meal. Like I might could do like a little one two, maybe some leftover. But like my, you know, my leftover would be hidden low key. So I eating has to be the last thing I do. So it's like I've been doing stuff all day. Let me have it. It's like show food. You know, if it's a Friday night, got me a little drink. Like I'm that eating is going to be the last thing I do. So I rather work, 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 and eat at eleven. But there was like a week, like a couple weeks ago, where it was like four, it was like four nights in a row eating at eleven, and that, that starts to like, it started to get to me a little bit. So I had to, I had to do that whole eat and go thing. But yeah, and then I remember the next day I was at a concert and my stand partner, I love her. Shout out to her. Um, she's like one of my favorite stand partners. She's one of my favorite people to sit with because it's a good time. And she was like, I was like, she's like, you eat dinner before this? I'm like, no, girl, because well, she's old. she's way older than me, <laughs> but and we're also very different. But I was like, no, <laughs> because like you know, I ain't trying to have nothing happen on stage. I just left it at that because we don't need to know too much about each other. And she was like, oh, but aren't you hungry? I'm like, no, I had a granola bar is enough. That's like a neutral thing. Uh, Belvita ain't gonna upset my step on my stomach 
and she's like, but I'm like, I hate eating. But she's like, well, you're a musician. Like, you have a crazy schedule. And that, when it clicked, it's like, people don't really get that you really have like a 7.30 to 10 on a Wednesday night. And you just gotta, you gotta go home and eat. Cause who finna eat? What you finna do? You gonna eat your, you gonna eat your, your heavy meal and then go to rehearsal? No, you finna, or like you'll have like 10.30 to 1 concert on a Saturday. It's just weird. It's never like, it's all over the place. I feel people will be shocked to find that. It's not a nine to five. You don't have rehearsal every day at 10 and then, well, maybe you do. I don't know. Yeah, some people might, but. I feel like typically you're going to have Monday dark, Tuesday through. Monday dark at the least. And then Tuesday through Sunday. Mm-mm. But yeah. That's it. Let us know. I'm going to revive. Look, listen. I'm going to revive the Instagram. Let me get through Spiletto. I'm going to post back excellence this week. But. Because I have tomorrow off. But. Instagram, Instagram about to be back. I'm going I'm to ask y'all. What's something that. What's something that the general public so brainstorm okay brainstorm that's it all right on track i'm not pressed for 32 minutes so we're gonna see where it goes but it's also we only 13 minutes in so (laughs) i like long podcasts so i feel like it's it's i like listening to them no yeah i feel like it's bad to like you want them and then not deliver them because the read i was I mean, well, we do deliver them but we have always delivered them you can't have one time we don't that's true that is true especially because i want to go to the store i don't like being out after dark so especially i live alone I, yeah oh you should have said that okay let's move <laughs> i mean it's not like you i thought you just because you said that every week so i just i didn't take you seriously but if you if we moving we moving because heavy on the I don't go outside of Memphis at night <laughs> unless I come from rehearsal <laughs> heavy on that um because the Memphians told me not to so I'm oh. I'm a listen jeez okay. I'm a listen I don't know I'm not I'm actually not gonna say that I was gonna say something like I'm from Chicago so like a lot of stuff don't really yeah but I'm not gonna find out um. Right. Okay, so we talked about, like, opera and stuff like that and, like, how everything should not be opera, especially when it relates to, like, black people, black people with trauma. I feel we talked about that maybe, like, a month or two ago. But we just want to talk about, like, how the autonomy that black people have in these spaces. So I was talking to my friends here, and I was like, I was like, after I played Seven Last Words of the Unarmed, I said I would never play another black trauma piece. And I thought, like, I mean, that's obviously, like, kind of, like, a unrealistic thing to say, considering how little autonomy classical musicians have. Like, literally, they give you the music, you gotta play it. But I played Seven Last Words of the Unarmed with the Morehouse College uh, back in, like, 2019 or something like that. I don't know. Whatever. And it was very traumatic for me. Um, because, obviously, it's, like, not obviously. It's a piece about seven people who were murdered by the police and Joel Thompson does an amazing job it is such a beautiful piece like it's it's really well done but it's like it's traumatic and it's like I was like man the next time I'm in a position where I have to play one of these pieces that centers black trauma or features black trauma I'm not gonna play it because I just feel like I shouldn't have to I should have I should be able to consent to to doing that and um, I wanted to ask Delaney and just talk about some of this stuff today just to see, like, you know, am I, you know, let's see what her thoughts are on this, too, because I've been thinking about this for a while. 
Um, so my first question is, should black people have a choice in whether or not they play black tra- black traumatic works? I mean, yeah, it would be hard to, it would be, I feel like it would be very difficult to like facilitate that because I feel like a lot of people would not feel comfortable like going forward and being like, actually, let me sit this one out. But I do think that like, I don't think people should be forced to play stuff like that because it's like, it's just not giving like i heard seven last words of the unarmed once i have never heard it live you weren't there just, at that concert with at morehouse i remember when you was playing that but i wasn't at that concert oh you um, were at the, you were at our tina's concert because i remember you being in that church because that church we went to that's why i thought you were there that mm. remember that church for that where Artina played the price concerto it was at that same church, and y'all remember you went to that. Okay. Oh, I see. So I thought you were there. Yeah. Okay, okay. And I've seen it on video, and um, that's enough for me forever. Like, shout out to Joel. <laughs> like, great piece. But however, it, yeah, it was freaking like that. It had me on the ground. Like, actually, Delaney. I don't want to talk about it no more. Like, <laughs> Delaney, when I tell you, you could you you could hear what they say. You could hear a mouse piss on cotton after that piece people didn't know what to do they didn't know what to it's traumatic it's it's traumatic and i understand like whatever their parents are more their mothers are more traumatized i'm not talking about that i'm talking about me in the moment like it's a lot i couldn't even freaking imagine having to go to a rehearsal and freaking and play it over and over and over again like i can't delaney it's a lot like oh my god like my freaking eyes are sweating just thinking about it and i've only heard it once do y'all hear that's why i thought you were there no it was worse i've only heard it once and i wasn't even in person like (laughs) people didn't know what to do at the end they didn't know what to do it's just oh my gosh so like yeah i feel like people should definitely have a choice and i feel like you know it sucks that a lot of people are probably not gonna feel comfortable but at this point i would i'll be like actually i'm sitting this one out i can't do this like depending on you know what it is like i just feel like uh, yeah i because i i like that one like the joke like again shout out to joe like it's a really it's a because i'm not trying to like come for him like at all at, at all and even he's spoken about how that piece has been like programmed and stuff he said like if he felt like i remember he said in an interview like if he knew it would be like using the way that it has been he might not have written it or something mm. like that something to that effect he said that at, if y'all want to look it up because it might still be out there and the he did a um i forget what the thing was called but it was the university of michigan okay i feel like i was there but i didn't i, I remember i heard and, that quote and i think he was he was being interviewed by garrett Garrett mcqueen so like i would look that up so y'all know his exact words but yeah yeah i i the only thing is crazy is like because okay because i feel like i talked about this before i feel like as an orchestral musician like i felt like and i'm not even all the way you know i'm you know i'm a fellow but or okay, i guess former fellow former fellow at this point um i mean my contract is still I'm, anyway it doesn't matter i would say that like i couldn't even imagine approaching the personnel manager and be like yeah so about next week i'm not doing that because it's like or not well it'll be like month it'll be like a month in advance but riding her back and being like yes so i'm not playing that because it's like you don't do that you know so i feel like a better question would be like should they have the space to do so and i feel like there's no way to like you said to facilitate that like 
what you want to put into the contract. But I feel like that should be, I feel like it should be considered because I don't know. I mean, we, I feel like black people, like this, this creator on TikTok said this, like, did I say that on this show or was I talking to you? I can't remember. But there, like, he makes a lot of like black history TikToks and he made one about a lynching and a very traumatic one because the lady was pregnant. And someone in the comments was like, whoa, I wish he put a trigger on this. And then he commented back. He's like, my, my people have never had a trigger warning. And it's like, I understand that, but like, I'm at work. You, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't want to play. I don't know. Like, it's a, it's a lot. Like, it's a lot. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. I don't know. I get that, but um, I don't know. I feel like there's certain there's certain jobs or like spaces that you expect to be like triggering in that way. But you, I feel like you don't expect to go to orchestra like rehearsal and be on the floor. Like, yeah, you know, it's hard. Like, yeah, I think it's, it should be. I I really don't see it happening in practice, just because I feel like a lot of people will be like, you know, I just deal with it. I just whatever, yeah. you know. But the way that piece had me, and that one is like, I will say, of all the black trauma stuff that I've seen, I feel like in classical music that is sort of on the on the side of the most difficult to engage with for me. So. Mm-hmm. You know that there's room for this wiggle room in that conversation. You know, it's not like everything. Oh, mention black people, I'm out. You know, <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> like, you know, like it's not like oh, well, Martin the King. Well, hold on, I'm out. Like, you yeah. know, so. Okay, so let me ask you this because we just, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I'm gonna, I'm gonna skip around. Are these works necessary or not necessary? Is a bad word. Are these works important? to be written to be performed like what are your thoughts on that I mean yeah I think (laughs) I think if the if the composer feels called if that's what if like if that's you got something you want to say about this or a story that you think it needs to be told about this then I think that's important also um very woo woo when it comes to art i don't even think art needs to have a purpose or an importance or whatever obviously this is something a little bit different but um yeah i feel like it's really not my place to say whether or not it is but i think it certainly can be um do i think it's something that is necessary for me to consume not really Mm mm-hmm but I do think that I'm sure that the, these works have played uh, a part in bringing some of these stories to people's into people's consciousness that would have never known about it. So I think that in itself is important, I suppose. Yeah, that was my point. The fact that, like, I think when we were preparing for this, you said that we are literally seeing history being erased constantly and then a lot of people like white people gaslight us and be like it was so long ago like literally people like my age or like 
say stuff like oh it was so long ago people my mom's age oh get over it so long ago so it's like i feel like this stuff is important to like know you know to to educate about it especially like there's not really many places you can if you can't go to school and learn about stuff it's like what what's left you know like museums and art you know so and i mean the internet of course but yeah i mean twitter but it's like there's not a lot of other spaces and also there's no guarantee that whatever you're reading is going to be true right i mean that's true that's true for school too so literally we're just to the wind i mean because think about it like think about how much um the rhetoric and maybe like i wasn't i wasn't aware but i I think about how much the rhetoric rhetoric around slavery changed from me learning about it initially in school to like seeking information out on my own right because like in school it was like this well a lot of slaves were treated like really well and like you know and it wasn't even that bad and like a lot of enslaved people like had a good time and they were happy and like the american girl doll addy like see like you know that's how it's viewed you know and that's literally they were literally shaving heads probably not shaving heads and it's using hair to stuff chairs so um we will literally never know how bad it was like there's no way we will know how bad it was um i think they're necessary but like i I ain't finna go to all of them, I ain't gonna hold you, but um, I think they are necessary, but I also think that what I would like to see is more balance. I feel like, and I feel like that's what people are screaming for anyway. It's like, yes, you can write like the Middle Passage Opera, but it's like, can you write a little something about, what? Not the Middle Passage Opera. <laughs> can you write a little something about like, you know what I'm saying? like. A little girl who wants to be a fairy princess like i don't understand like you don't think it's gonna sell i feel like i actually feel like it would sell like a black like little alice in wonderland type of vibe that would sell are you kidding a little comedy you know what i'm saying a little comedy opera like i I don't know I feel like it's like yeah, art imitates life and stuff. But at the turn, at this point, life is very dismal. Like it's getting bad. Like mass shootings every freaking day. The earth is dying. Like at, like at a certain point, art needs to start imitating what we want life to be, or it needs to start imitating imitating something the fuck else. Like I'm sorry because at a certain point, it's like just life is just it's too lifey. Like we need something else because I feel like people have lost. Like when we, I can't remember the last time I seen like we need some more comic operas. I just saw somebody tweet that like we do need some more comic operas. There needs to be some balance because I do think you know people are learning stuff. There's been a, it, it's gonna be hard because there's a lot to balance. We've gone such a long time without having any black stories that like it's I feel like it doesn't surprise me that there's no balance there because that's also the reason why we are getting an influx of black stories now is because of black trauma. Mm-hmm. It's because like y'all was murdering people and now we're talking about, you know, standing up to racism and stuff. So like the, how we got here makes sense, but now we've been here for two years at this point. Let's, let's look at restructuring and and let maybe tip the scale a little bit so it's a little bit more balanced. And I also have to say, like, 
art imitates life like of course but also there's a lot of beauty in life and a lot of joy in life as well so it's like why, mm-hmm. where y'all why don't y'all imitate that and That's i'm not right. an artist i'm not finna tell you okay <laughs> i'm not finna tell you what to do obviously because you're an artist but i'm just saying like yes art imitates life but like is there a war in ukraine is that ice cap melting that nobody cares about i literally i was like so no one's comp- no one's concerned about the ice cap like it's literally the size of delaware and somebody was like so how big is delaware though like come on katie and i was like okay <laughs> sizable i don't remember who it was because i really would say who it was i just can't remember um i was like I, I feel like we should be concerned about that no one cared and it's like yes it's all that going on our, our baby's literally starving to death because it's a baby shortage oh formula gosh, because i forgot not a baby shortage formula <laughs> is that, that's not what it is a baby f- formula shortage oh the the, the baby formula no, the way the they're carrying on it's not about to be no baby shortage what's the opposite of a shortage influx influx supposed to be a baby influx and a baby formula shortage I was reading about the baby formula shortage. It's actually like I got I read too much about it because it made me kind of sad. Because there's no solution. Like you can't make baby formula. Can't okay, what's but it made out of? You said what? What's it made out of? All types of these like four to five vitamins and stuff like that. Mm. But yeah, then I, it. Oh, was about to say. But then I was like, my family grew very poor in Jamaica, so it's like I know they wasn't. And also, I feel like people. One of the main things about this whole this whole like stupid thing we're doing right now with abortion and like men overstepping their bounds and not separating church and state like we're supposed to be doing it's the fact that like I feel like a lot of y'all don't really realize like how difficult it is to breastfeed like I was pretty old when all my cousins were born so all my younger cousins were born and it's like I don't think any of my aunts breastfed because it's actually very difficult to do and like or and if it's even if I, I might have one that did and she didn't keep up with it because it's also you have to go to work it's not comfortable like you don't produce enough milk she also had twins like it's not easy to do so and also not everybody can do it right so it's like but i'm also wondering like what was they doing and people there were people there was like an old baby formula like one from like the 1950s going around like condensed milk. I've seen I looked it up and I'm like what are these mothers gonna do so you know I was nosy so it's like condensed milk like molasses like pure water whatever it is and people in the comments were like yes yeah, what I can grow up on I'm fine so it's like uh, are they though I mean it was the 1950s I feel like stuff was like a little dicey and that's what I I came across there was this lady she's a um like a historian of like I forget not of like babies but like yeah like of of motherhood rather mm. oh that's cool um, she's a scholar of, of motherhood and a, and a professor and stuff and she was like i'm hearing a lot about this this thing and people are talking about well you know breastfeeding this and what are people doing and how did they and she was like what was happening was babies were dying that's what was happening <gasps> like yeah oh. babies were dying so okay and it's a whole thing i might i'm gonna try to find it because i read the whole entire thing like people are like oh well you know and she talked about the alternatives and now some of them worked, some of them did not. They were nutritionally, mm-hmm. um, uh, they were not, you know, the nutritional equivalent to actual baby formula. And some people may have turned out okay, as in like functional, but some people did not. A lot of babies died. Like that's just, that's what she was like. Jesus. That's the reality of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. New York Times 
did a thing on it because I, I get the little I, I talk about it all the time I get the little newsletter and like if every once in a while they link the article so every once in a while something spikes my interest I'll click on an article and I was like this is a baby formula shortage so I was like what the heck is going on and they were saying it's like do not make your own baby formula like literally do not do it because like yeah your baby won't be hungry but there's stuff they put in baby formula to like help with brain development and it's like, and that's why I was thinking like, well, I feel like my grandma didn't have no freaking baby formula. Like they couldn't afford no baby formula. But then it's like, like to your point, like, okay, how many of my grandmother's peers made it in rural Jamaica? Exactly. So. So it's like, and especially like, like with Summer Walker, who was baby, who were feeding her baby honey, babies cannot eat honey. Like they cannot. Did she actually know what she just talking about her butt? I hope, but she was saying all all kind of other Some stuff, talking about so feeding dumb. honey, talking about feeding. Oh, they only need a couple peas a day. I'm like, bro. First She's of all, so stupid. You need first of all, this baby needs everything that it can get for brain development because I know for damn sure it's not going to inherit it from you. So <laughs> like, <laughs> please, like the baby needs brain food, like. <laughs> But yeah, I'm gonna try to find that thing because yeah, she was talking about all they're trying to do. She was also talking about the problem with breastfeeding, not just people who can't, but like also you're talking about babies that have been give, that have been abandoned or given up for adoption or mothers that have health issues. Like there's a lot, yeah, latch issue. Like there's just so many things that could go into breastfeeding. Also, y'all be y'all be punishing people for breastfeeding in public, mm-hmm. not giving people time away from their jobs to go pump. Like it's just a whole lot of stuff. Like y'all want people to jump through hoops. Um, and y'all want to force people to have babies, but they can't feed the babies. How that work? And also, like, okay, so y'all now, because I just saw about the news about Oklahoma today. I just got that news, and it's like, okay, so there's already a baby formula shortage that's, that's slotted to last for months, actually, which is terrifying because in the article, like, there was like this mother that broke down. She's like, I don't even know how I'm gonna feed my kid because a lot of a lot of babies also have allergies, so it's like you can't feed like all formulas are not the same, and there's only three companies that own formula in the country and one of them is down so it's like it's real bad and there are no alternatives you either you either try to find some formula order it from outside the country however like that's not recommended because like not every baby formula meets the fda requirements but i'm like also like oh that was kind of like i kind of side out of that because i was kind of like Come on, y'all! Like red dye forty meets FDA requirements, so I I don't know. I thought it was a little I thought it was a little brazen for them to say in the article. Come like, come on, like takis, like you know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Okay, but babies are different because, like babies I said, babies different. babies can't even eat honey, like yeah. regular regular off the shelf honey. And yeah, I was like, dang, for real, because I learned that when my my sister had her baby, I was like, dang, you can't even have no honey. Like, you weak, get your money up, like not <laughs> your money up, but like get your digestion system up, like. <laughs> Yeah, I learned actually from Crystal when the Summer Walker thing happened. I didn't know that was a thing because I, I haven't been around babies in years. Yeah. Or you can go to a, you can go to a lactation clinic, not a lactation clinic, but they have human milk clinics. Mm-hmm. But I didn't even know you ha- they had those. So where you even find that? That's so freaking stressful. And imagine if like everybody, there was someone in the article they were talking about like how there's a human milk clinic somewhere and they're like we have never gotten this much calls like since our existence so like mothers are panicking it's sad especially like what if you just had like they were saying like if your baby's like six months just ride the wave but what if you just had a baby what are you gonna do oh my gosh i mean you can go to canada but like what about the mothers who can't make it to canada there's, there's mothers who can't make it to the next city 
But you know. Baby Formula Opera coming soon. <laughs> oh, I have one more question. It's kind of unrelated, but like I want to ask it since we're talking about this. Is he, what do you think about the inclusions of slurs? Like, should slurs be used? I remember watching the Laramie Project um, in high school. And I, if I remember correctly, I think the F word is in there. But I can't remember. This was literally 12 years ago. I don't remember if they took it out or they said it anywhere. But I just feel like we get it. It's a, it's, I don't, I don't like that. It's a, it's a play about a gay boy who was murdered. I feel like you don't have to put the F word in there. I feel like it's just. I feel like it's unnecessary, and I, I feel like the same way about the N word, especially for white person saying it. Especially, I feel like it's unnecessary. But I want to know what your thoughts are. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about this. We were talking about some an opera that had that in there, and um, actually, now I want to know about the Emmett Till opera because the Libertas was white. Now, now, right? What's, what? What? What inspired your pen? Right. <laughs> On your uh, Quentin Tarantino, he loved the N word. He, I, it's only a matter of time for he come out with a movie the whole title it's just a hard ER like music by Julius Eastman huh I said with music by Julius Eastman alright <laughs> like don't tell him about Julius Eastman do not tell him about no Julius Eastman because <laughs> he will be ecstatic um yeah I don't know I feel like I don't know how I definitely feel like there are times when it's just not it's really not necessary I don't really even know like I, I really it's hard because I, I can't think of a time where I'm like it is absolutely necessary yeah. that we use a slur right here you know so it's kind of just like I just feel like if the, if the if the movie musical anecdote cereal box is if it's about Jim Crow I'm just gonna assume it's it's in the it's in the fabric of it you know I feel like I don't need it it just it just it's abrasive for yeah. for Oh no! I was just gonna say I don't need to hear no white people saying that word anymore yeah. for the rest of my life. Like I'm actually pretty good on that. I don't know, especially like you doing something like you do an opera about the slave trade. You think we we you think that we think they're calling them sweetie pie honey bunch? Like, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> we know it was good. Like, do we? Does it need to be every other word? Like I feel like how they be doing in movies, like. I also, I feel like sometimes y'all be like, "Ooh, let me rehearse my lines." Like, <laughs> nah, right? Ready your whole life to say it without consequence. Like, nah. Now you, mm, mm, I don't know. It's just, ugh. and I mean, it's also like, like you said, for people sitting it out. I mean, this obviously is not a case of somebody having. I mean, she could have not taken the role, but like someone not being able to sit it out was like when Carrie Washington did she played Broomhilda in Django Unchained she said she had to go to therapy for that and Django wasn't even like a sad slave movie like the whole point was him being unchained and killing people like well not killing people but mm-hmm. I mean, he did kill some yeah he did kill some people but not like he wasn't like a murderous person but like the whole point was him being unchained and everybody be like dang why he unchained and he was like I'm unchained y'all like that's <laughs> what kind of synopsis was that but you know what I mean like it wasn't about like oh poor Django you know yeah but like she he basically actually the point was him saving her because his wife was still enslaved and he was not 
and mm-hmm. he had the white guy him and the white guy was going to save the wife basically so she had more like actual slavery things i guess like having to actually play playing the slave person but she had to go to therapy for that like and you sitting up now you're supposed to take you're supposed to take your break for lunch with the people that was calling you the n-word like and obviously yeah, like it's their role that. but like nah, no it's also it's just a lot like it's just a lot i don't know it's just weird i can't think of a time where unless it was like a direct quote like maybe one of them like unless it was a direct quote maybe like you was you were doing a remember that movie with taraji and that other white dude and it was about some town in like one of the carolinas and like they were integrating the school board the schools the schools okay i don't know exactly what's in carolinas but that's that's a state that's one that's a state region i'm picking because i feel like it was but anyway taraji was like a, a parent i think like in the south and they were gonna it was like it was around the time of brown versus board of education which we, i mean we're gonna see if that's gonna stand the test time and <laughs> and um trying to remember the plot as i go i ain't watch it because like i said i'm not watching it but i remember seeing the preview that's how i knew i wasn't gonna watch it and basically oh the white dude was like a kkk dude yeah 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 the white dude was a kkk dude and they were on opposite sides of the tracks right and they had to like they were obviously she was fighting for the integration he was like no my kids are not going to school black kids and by the end of the movie they became like friends or whatever which is like ridiculous to me because i feel like yeah, what? <laughs> or like they became cordial i don't know how to see the movie someone someone can correct me don't do too much though but you can correct me um <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter. i ain't watch it so don't keep it cute um but yeah they end up becoming cordial so but maybe like if it was something like that and there was a direct quote that the actual kkk dude said i could see that like in his real life he said like this quote about why he doesn't want his children to go to school with you know an n-word kid and that was a direct quote that's probably the only time i could see like okay let's put that in but also like why are we using that quote he ain't saying nothing else that was the only thing he said <laughs> you know what i'm saying I, I that's like the closest i could get to it but i still i still don't see the i still can't see why why you gotta put a slur in especially like we already here it's the the atmosphere already tense and, and you know why we gotta add on top of it and i feel like also people be hiding behind historical act accuracy and mm-hmm. it's like it's not a documentary like y'all <laughs> like that's how like people whenever they want to defend some racist stuff like for example the with the whole the little mermaid they was like well ariel was in the nordic sea and it's just no way being that far underground she would be able to be black and it's just like there was literally a singing jamaican crab <laughs> in, the, in the thing <laughs> i'm like it's not a it's not a marine life documentary bro it's a literal fictional mermaid cartoon movie that's being adapted into live action please she's singing underwater she is a half fish half woman that got turned into a lady with legs by a by a purple octopus lady with a buzz cut like not a buzz cut but like with an ellen degeneres haircut like let's be like let's be serious 
and also like the only distinguishable feature about that girl like literally the only okay the two things about her that is important to the plot is that she could sing and she has red hair Hallie, last time i checked Hallie got one of them things and you could buy the other thing and there we go and if, if sebastian is jamaican i feel like the locks kind of line up Girl, Period. like you have to. I, I could, I could even see like if they did a Mulan remake, and Miss Mama's was from Saint Croix, we could have a conversation. Yeah, like how they had to. They they were trying to get Scarlett Johansson to be Mulan. Were they even mad about that though? Yeah, they was. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I won't do too much, but it's just like the Little Mermaid. I feel like the Little Mermaid we saw with Cinderella. There was no distinguishing. And also, I want y'all to really remember that those stories were actually heinous. They weren't these cute little exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, y'all didn't have no problem when y'all was changing from Brothers Grimm to Little Fairy Tales. Like, you guys want to hold? I feel like no. Go ahead. They want to hold them to their childhood so bad. I'm like, you can still watch those things. That Disney Plus got them all lined up for you. That's what I don't understand. Like people, that's why I was just thinking about that. But in terms of music, like how people be like, "Oh, they don't make music like this no more." They did it. I'm like, you realize you can still listen to the old music. It's not gone. <laughs> people, are like, it is not gone. You can still listen to it. They're just not releasing any new music. But the same, it's the same music. It's still here. And also, so, like if you you people like that, if you look, you can find it. Like, okay, they don't make like luther vandross anymore i'm like but if you want some good like whatever r&b like you act like jasmine sullivan ain't releasing music like you have you have to you if you look you can find it you don't want to look you think everybody making music like bad bad baby okay <laughs> listen miss catch me outside she just bought a mansion or something she's doing well how about that she is I said she's not. I just said I've. I hope there's nobody that thinks that's the forefront of <laughs> uh, anybody who don't know who don't know that Jasmine Sullivan is releasing stuff, but they know that she is. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be trying. You gotta be trying. <laughs> I actually had for her from Bad Baby in a minute, so she busy with her OnlyFans that so she made fifty million dollars from a year, a month. She made. She has made fifty million dollars from it so far over 50 million like 52 i was like y'all are really trying to push me to the edge because i need something to shake 52 million dollars please she's smart though i mean like that's very can i get a piece like i just a sliver like i don't even need the whole 52 uh but yeah as always let us know your thoughts love to hear them we gonna move on all right y'all it's time for black excellence where we hype you up gas you up and give you your props because there's room for everyone at the top this week i'm talking about laquita mitchell i saw laquita today and i went to her i was like was you a memphis and she was like yes you look familiar i'm like yeah girl i was there when we did oh to joy <laughs> it's not called oh to joy it's definitely called beethoven's nice symphony but that's what i call it i call it oh to joy um Anyway, 
uh, soprano Laquita Mitchell con- consistently earns acclaim on eminent international opera and concert stages worldwide. Um, I'm going to read some of the stuff she's done this season because honestly, if we try to keep it under an hour for Delaney, <laughs> ain't no way. I'm not even, I'm not playing. Okay, so she's currently doing, um, dang, Omar for Spoleto. Uh, she performed uh, the soprano soloist in the World Premier Poets Prize winning composer Paul Moravic Sanctuary Road at Carnegie Hall um, in 2021, which was nominated for a Grammy for Best Choral Performance. This season, she has engagements that includes Brahms Requiem, Beethoven 9 with Memphis, The Ording of Moses, Knoxville Summer. Oh, I feel like I heard her sing this, period, with Lima Symphony Orchestra. I didn't finish the name. Oh, that's That was trifling. Knoxville Summer. 1915 with Lima Symphony Orchestra, Sanctuary Road for Chautauqua Symphony. Oh, here we go. Omar, um, the world premiere of Omar with Spoleto, lesson plan, um, Josephine for the New Orleans Opera and Beethoven 9 and Mahler's Fourth and Verdi's Requiem. So she got a busy year. She out here. Uh, let me get the school she teaches at real quick. Let me get there real quick. Sorry. Uh, she's currently on faculty um, at Manus and she is adjunct at Brooklyn College so shout out to you Laquita she sounds amazing I'll be like girl yes clear it out <laughs> but yeah period shout out to you Laquita and all you do um I haven't been listening to classical music lately to be honest with y'all actually I have a little bit but not I feel like nothing that I haven't said for piece of the week before but that's fine um, you know who I forgot existed? Bach. Um, and I listen Unfortunately, to I, I don't have luxury. <laughs> <laughs> I um I recently listened to the third suite, which I think is one of my. F- it's probably my favorite. I can't really say that because I I can't I couldn't sing you every movement of every of all six suites. Just to say, like this is my favorite one, but of all the ones that I'm familiar with, I'm I'm it's one of the ones I'm most familiar with, and it's one of my favorite ones in its entirety, with the exception of the berets, because those could go to hell. And um, yeah, all right, so that's my cue. Thank you so much. Ah, I'm about to start convulsing. This is so traumatizing. You don't like the berets? They're cute. I don't even know. It's not. I, I'm, I guarantee it's probably nothing about how they sound. It's just one of those things. Like, yeah. it's just very traumatic. I had a very bad performance with them. Oh, I was They've there. never sounded it good. It's like when you throw up eating a food and you can't eat it no more. It's I like that, you. but for performance. I feel you and I understand. I'll I've had actually multiple bad performances on those. I think the bottom line is I can't play them. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, I would say he could go to hell, but he might already be there, or I don't know. He could have been a good person, so. I just mean, like, it's not like he going somewhere. He already where he at. You know, he been dead, so. Like, been dead. I don't even think anything left in the casket. Like. <laughs> All right. That's how cute. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was that was not that was that wasn't great, but it was funny. So, 
No, I feel like that's the slogan of Classically Black. <laughs> Instead of all things classical music of being black in the profession, we should change it to the Classically Black. It wasn't great, but it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not great, but it's funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm here for it. I mean, we just get on here. We just get on here at Kiki. Mm-hmm. That's my if y'all knew how we planned episodes, especially today's, like that was hilarious. <laughs> like <laughs> I told any other week, I'm like I'm not a serious person, but you know we move, and that's all that matters. So okay, let's go. Thank you for listening to the Classy Web Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classy Web Podcast. If you have a piece of the week suggestion, a black excellent suggestion. Um or interesting said, send an interesting said, okay, I'm alright, not too much. I got you. I'm gonna do it, okay? You've been saying that for like two years, girl. That was violent and it's been a year I've been saying that actually. Send us a classical okay. podcast at gmail.com um or DMS. If you're black, join ISBM. We got a conference. What day is a conference? It's a convening. The the convening is on have we announced it yet? Oh, I should wait, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's not on my calendar, so I can't even tell you. Uh, so that's good. Uh, just wait to hear about that. But it's coming up. It's in November. Um. Yeah, ISBM, isbypositions dot com, isbypositions on social media, and if you if you join ISBM, this this sit tight, okay? We got we it's it, we got you, okay. Uh, talk to y'all next week. God willing. <laughs> yeah, if the Lord allows. <laughs>